for the past two weeks, we have been speaking about the mind and how it affects our emotions, our actions, our choices, our behaviors. We have spoken about how the mind works so that we can learn to take control over our thoughts and our thought life. We learned from Dr. Leaf last week that we are able to do our own brain surgery, is what she calls it, when it comes to controlling our thinking. Now, this type of brain surgery is not swift nor easy. I recently read a quote that says, your mind is a battle, I'm sorry, your mind is a battlefield, and indeed it is. I would like to quote from Dr. Leaf one last time because I would like to address a comment Father Ron made last week at the end of Seneca. Father Ron correctly reminded us that we must distinguish between the lies of our enemy and our own thoughts. So Dr. Leaf offers us help here. She says, it is through the senses that we receive Satan's lies, but, and this is important, we don't have to believe those lies. If we do believe them, we process them into physical realities that form the substance of the nerve networks upon which we act. This means that if we listen to and believe the enemy's lies, we actually choose to process them into physical realities inside our brains. And so in doing so, we create the evil and act upon it. But we do not have to believe Satan's lies. End of quote. So Dr. Leaf speaks here about the lies of the enemy. But we must do the work in discovering our wounds. We must do the work of digging deep within ourselves and facing those very difficult wounds in order to bring them to the light so that our Lord can provide the healing necessary. Let us return to the definition of hope. Remember, it is a seeking and a pursuing. It draws out a person's use of the free will, and it requires effort. This lesson on the mind is very important, especially as the world continues to plunge into darkness. We really cannot be his witnesses in a dark world if we are not renewed and transformed. Again, let us remember what our Lord told us on Good Friday, on April 7th of 2023. He said, it is impossible to be my witnesses if you have not been transformed into me by the Spirit, so that we are one, nor longer two. We cannot live through persecution, which is the third nail of crucifixion, if we are not people of hope. I am reminded again of this other message. The last sentence now seems more urgent. The Lord told us, Begin to forget about yourself and try to think only of me and my passion of love. 
as I continue to suffer present in the Eucharist. I think only of souls and pleasing my Father. My gaze never leaves you, my little one. Try to mortify yourself. I'm sorry. Try to mortify your flesh so that more and more you think only of me and pleasing our Father as one with me in the cloister of Mary's heart. And this is the last sentence. This practice will help you greatly during the time of great suffering that approaches quickly. End of the message. A mind that has Jesus and pleasing our Father in heaven at the center is the practice we see in the lives of the saints. Pope Benedict, in his encyclical, Spesalvi, he quotes St. Josephine Baquita as an example of someone who held hope in the midst of great tragedy. She truly captured every thought and allowed only hope in the Lord to enter her mind and heart. Pope Benedict quotes and then comments. Baquita says, I am definitely loved and whatever happens to me, I am awaited by this love. And so my life is good. And Pope Benedict comments, through the knowledge of this hope, St. Josephine Baquita was redeemed, no longer a slave, but a free child of God. Again, the purification of our emotions starts with the purification of the mind. Because thoughts lead to emotions. Our emotions are driven by our way of thinking. If our minds are preoccupied, worried, angry, distracted, we cannot trust nor hope in God. The Lord has told us in the, la in the past, life as we know it will cease to exist. We must allow the Holy Spirit to fully possess our minds, hearts, and faculties so that it is he who speaks and acts through us in times of difficulty and so that it is in him, with him, and through him that we live in the world. We must be people of hope during these end times. Pope Benedict, again, in his encyclical, writes, If we cannot hope for more than is effectively attainable at any given time, or more than is promised by political or economic authorities, our lives will soon be without hope. So Pope Benedict here, in other words, is, is basically telling us that governments are not always for the people. We cannot look to them to provide for us that which only our Lord can provide. And as we look around the world today, this seems more true than ever. Pope Benedict continues, It is important to know that I can always continue to hope, even if in my own life or the historical period in which I am living, there seems to be nothing left to hope for. And doesn't that seem accurate for us today, Pope Benedict, these words? More and more we hear about conflicts between countries, 
conflicts within families, secularism seeped in darkness. We see governments acting in a tyrannical manner. And even within our Holy Mother Church, we see turmoil. The Holy Father here is telling us that there is always reason to hope. He continues, Only the great certitude of hope that my own life and history in general, despite all failures, are held firm by the indestructible power of love and that this gives them their meaning and importance, only this kind of hope can then give the courage to act and to persevere. End of quote. So Pope Benedict reminds us here that hope is what will help us persevere in difficult times and no matter the difficulty. It is hope that will give us the courage to move forward, trusting in the Lord. This applies to the difficulties and persecutions that are to come in the world and those that come from our own circles, our families, our jobs, our friendships. The transformation of the mind and the heart are necessary for all situations. Most importantly, because the Lord has called us to be his victims of love in the world, no matter the situation. The Lord has given us a certain territory of souls to care for through our prayers, through our way of life, by suffering all with our beloved, asking for graces on their behalf. Our beloved Jesus has told us very clearly on October 17th of 2018, in this message, he says, I need you to incarnate myself in you so that I can touch, embrace, bless, love, and penetrate my people. Receive my gaze of the consuming fire of my sacred heart. My gaze desires transformed souls, souls in which it is I who live. This is my light in the world. Tell my little mustard seed to receive my gaze of desire for them, to be emptied of, the, of self so that my blood can fill them and I, with the divine fire of the spirit, can bring new life. My desire is consuming me in agony because I find hardly any souls willing to receive the desire of my sacred heart. Allow me to empty you, and I will renew the face of the earth through you. Receive the gaze of my desire tonight and respond to my call. There's the message that Lord is read. Our Lord desires us to be emptied of ourselves. Again and again, I am reminded of the 12 forms of silence that we learned about at and have been studying since our last retreat. Entering this deep silence will allow the Lord to work in our souls, in our hearts, and in our minds, so that we are transformed and therefore 
he can be incarnate within each one of us so that we can go out into the world, into our families, so that we can walk into any kind of persecution or difficulty with him and in him, and thus allowing him to be made present in the world in a tangible way and help to transform the souls that he has entrusted us with. We are called to offer our little lives as a sacrifice of love, united to himself, to love himself, and together with our Blessed Mother in the cloister of her Immaculate Heart for all those that they have asked us to pray for. And I just want to stop really quick because I just, I, I wanted to reiterate for a minute what I feel like, what the Lord has placed in my heart. And again, that's the renewal of our emotions through the renewal of our mind. And that this transformation is for what is to come, but also in our daily lives. So he's taking us deeper. He's, I just feel like he's taking us deeper. He's just a greater transformation. Another layer of this onion that is our heart and our mind is being, again, removed. So I continue. This message above reminded me of a dream that I had long ago in which our Blessed Mother Mary said that we in love crucified are like little shining bright stars that have been strategically placed in the world. And I remember her saying, shine, my little star, shine. And then the Lord tells us in the message above that he lives in a transformed soul, which is his light in the world. So we're called to allow his light to flow through each one of us. We are his chalices, his living hosts in the world. We can look to our Blessed Mother as the perfect example of a bright light of hope in the world and ask for her intercession as we move through on our own transformation. Again, I quote from Pope Benedict, who says, with a hymn composed in the 8th or ninth century, thus for over a thousand years, the church has greeted Mary, the mother of God, as star of the sea, Ave Maristela. Human life is a journey. Towards what destination? How do we find the way? Life is like a voyage on the sea of history often dark and stormy, a voyage in which we watch for the stars that indicate the route. The true stars of our life are the people who have lived good lives. They are lights of hope. Certainly, Jesus Christ is the true light, the sun that has risen above all the shadows of history. But to reach him, we also need lights close by, people who shine with his light and so guide us along our way. Who more than Mary could be a star of hope for us? With her yes, she opened the door of our world to God himself. She became the living Ark of the Covenant, 
in whom God took flesh, became one of us, and pitched his tent among us. End of quote. What a beautiful message. I just have to stop a minute. I What a beautiful message. And I knew the Lord wanted to finish this teaching with our Blessed Mother. And to be honest, I didn't. When Lourdes asked me to share this, that part, this part, three, was not finished. And so I began to worry. But I quickly tried to put to practice what he's given me here. And so I, I, I stopped myself. I captured the thoughts. I began to worry. I was a little afraid, thinking, oh, my goodness, the third part is not ready. So I stopped myself. I captured the thoughts of worry and, and fear. And I said, okay, nope, redirect to Christ. And so I redirected to my beloved. And then I waited. I waited in hope, knowing with confidence, right? Hope that he would provide the rest of the teaching because this is really his. I, I'm just not, I, this would have never occurred to me. I'm, I'm just not that clever. Um, so here we are. He provided. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I continue. As I have prayed through this teaching, I thought about our Lady of Hope. And that's something else that kept coming to me this entire two weeks. Our Lady of Hope, just a constant, constant in my heart. This Vatican-approved apparition of Our Lady of Hope, also called Our Lady of Hunt Main, I think, Hunt Main. It took place on January 17 of 1871 in Pont Main, France. It happened during the Franco-Prussian War and after the French Revolution. In a short video by one of the priests of the Marians of the Immaculate Conception, Father Joe explains that during and after the, the French Revolution, many priests have been killed, the clergy were divided, and people weren't going to church. It was very secular, much like today. And then Our Lady appeared to six children. And th there's a lot more to this, but I'm going quickly through this apparition. As people began to find out about what was happening, a crowd formed to witness what was taking place. However, only the young could see her, not the adults. So this serves as a good reminder for us of what it's like to be, that we must be like little children, hoping and trusting in the Lord. And one of those children said, she has a blue dress with golden stars, a gold ribbon slippers, a golden crown widening towards the top with a red band around it and a black veil. And I think it's so beautiful to think that our Blessed Mother's mantle in the image of Our Lady of Hope is filled with bright little stars. And I just think back to what I mentioned above regarding what she placed in my heart that we are like little stars strategic, strategically placed in the world to bring light, the light of Christ to others. So we're like her little stars on her mantle. As in some, as in some of her apparitions, our blessed mother was silent. However, as the image developed, a banner appeared at her feet that read, but pray, my children, 
God will hear you in a short time. My son allows himself to be moved by compassion. It is said that those words were in response to the cry of the people who were saddened by the idea that war was imminent. There is a point in which the crowd began to sing at another point. Mother of hope, whose name is so sweet, protect our land of France. Pray, pray for us. And our blessed mother's response was a simple smile. So their prayers for their country pleased our blessed mother. And this reminded me that in the same way, we too should be praying for our countries and everything that's happening in the world. Our Lady and our Lord have called us to do this and they're listening. Later in the apparition, our Blessed Mother held a red crucifix with the name Jesus Christ across the top. In the end of this that took place, as the Prussian army was making their way into France, they were able to see Our Lady in the same way that the children were able to see her. And when they saw her, the army, that is, when they saw her, they retreated. A few months later, a peace treaty was signed and the war ended. And what was our Blessed Mother's message to the people? She said, my son allows himself to be moved by compassion. And that reminded me of something our Lord told us. Our God hears the cry of the poor. These, these are the words that our Lord himself has given our community. He told us on June 6th of 2020, he said, The time has come in which the principalities of darkness will consume the earth. The terrible day of the Lord. The demons have no power over you and my followers. My mothers must remember, my mothers of the cross must remember that during these dark times, your prayers lived with perfect trust in me have the power to aid in the protection and salvation of many souls otherwise destined for hell. The battle is fierce, my little one. You hold the sword of the spirit, your hearts purified emptied and formed as my victims of pure love, one with my mother of sorrows, is the power of God to cast into hell the principalities of death. Give yourselves to prayer and silence as my warriors, preparing and saving souls for the moment of judgment is upon the world. Do not waste time with any frivolity, for the decisive battle has begun. Pray, pray, pray. Pray unceasingly, for your prayers, as one with my mother's, have great power before the throne of our Father. He hears the cry of the poor. End of message. There's more to this apparition of Pont Maine, but the point is that Our Lady appeared at a time of great turmoil 
to bring the people hope and to remind the people to pray. The people gathered together, they prayed, and she assisted them. Our Lady shows up to us today as we too gather in prayer as we do weekly to tell us that God hears our prayers and that he allows himself to be moved by compassion. Jesus is with us and he allows himself to be moved by our prayers. This ought to fill us with great hope. Let us think back to the definition of hope. The confident desire of obtaining a future good that is difficult to attain. We are his little mustard seed, his little ones, his little children. Do we believe that we have the power to move the sacred heart of our beloved? Do we believe that he allows himself to be moved by our prayers? This ought to give us great hope. We must have faith and we must live in hope. Our Lord hears a cry of the poor. I'm going to stop a minute. When Lourdes was praying the rosary, and as I continue to pray over this um, teaching, I realized that there's a long suffering in my life that when I approach the Lord in prayer, it's almost like my prayer seems to be a prayer like all is lost. Like I'm praying for this situation, but I notice. Am I praying with hope, with this hope of attaining something difficult? So I'm really thinking about that. This is really piercing my heart. And so I came across another message from August 1st of 23. The Lord says, my little one, I have heard the cry of your soul and I, your beloved, Come to bless and strengthen you. I have received your sorrows, my little one. They are a participation in the sorrows of God who loves you. Remain immersed in the sorrows of your heart with perfect faith and hope in the God who loves you. And then Lourdes replies. She says, my beloved, I feel my sorrows have lost faith, and hope. Please tell me the condition of my heart. What virtues am I lacking? And Jesus replies to her, you are lacking faith in the power of your sorrows lived through me, with me, and in me, as one with my mother of sorrows. And then Lourdes replies, please, my Lord, increase my faith. And Jesus replies trust and hold tight without wavering to the promises i have made go in peace to live with patient endurance i feel like i have to read that again and just ponder how much we have to trust and hope in the words and believe in these words so amazing that god has given us so as we come to the close of this three-part teaching, I was moved to look for a message or messages given to our community 
that might have been given to our community on the same date of the apparition of Our Lady of Hope. Now, there might be more, but I found one that I I thought also was, that just kind of resonates. Our Lord says, my little one, I see how nervous and insecure you are because you are relying on yourself. Abandon yourself into my crucified embrace. Look in the depth of my eyes and contemplate the sorrow of your beloved. Will you too, my little one, forsake me? Do you not see how few souls I have completely abandoned in my divine will? I seek daughters and sons to be my instruments, to be my voice in the world. But I find very few willing to leave all to follow me. Who am I to send, my little one, to help my people? My sons are steeped in self-love. It is only the humble, pure love of a mother that can touch their hardened hearts. Will you speak on behalf of my mother? Our desires are the same. We are one heart because my mother was fully abandoned to the will of the father as I was and continue to be. I desire for you to speak to my sons with all the passion of your motherly heart. Trust in all that I have placed in your heart. Do not fear to shock them with your courage and frankness in speaking the truth. It is your love and humility that they will see. End of quote. So I feel like this is a call for each one of us, a call to remember all that our Lord has taught us and done for us. It is a call to reaffirm our fiat, to be victims of love, to live in the cloister of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And it is a call, I'm sorry, it is also a message to encourage us to continue to live intentionally the virtue of hope, remembering to live in hope by the renewal of our minds. Our Lady of Hope, please pray for us. Amen.